Because everyone knows that COVID means that there's a shortage of wrapping paper. You just need to give it to someone as soon as you buy it. And uh, it's sort of like a, it's more like a handoff. The most important thing Dr. Fauci said was do not wrap present. Well, I'm following that to a T. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing my part to stop the spread. Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing. This is Mississippi thing. My name is Julian Rankin. And uh, this is Corey Christie joining me in the, the magic of editing. You'll probably hear this first. We're introducing ourselves as the, uh, the co-host of the Mississippi Thing, this beautiful podcast that is, uh, is recorded remotely because we are in a, in a COVID pandemic dystopia. Uh, well, I grew up here, like you said, Corey Christie. I grew up here on the Gulf Coast, left though right after college to go to St. Louis and move bounce around the Midwest for a while. Been back for about six years, seven years now. Um, and, I, and I've always wanted to come back. I love the coast. Um, feel like it's unique, even in a different way than Mississippi is. Uh, Mississippi was the birthplace of a lot of things that ended up being inherently American. Uh, and the coast just has a whole different feel to it. And, you know, we like to say everything north of I-10 is another state. Um, and, and growing up here, you really do kind of feel that way. <laughs> so it's a, it's a cool, unique place to, to talk about. And we, we borrow a quote from like Malcolm X. Uh, to just to say that everything south of the Canadian border is Mississippi. So, you know, this is the pilot voyage, but um, but the point of the podcast is to say that, like, everything that is American is also Mississippian, although there are some unique differences. So this episode is all about Christmas. We're going into Christmas season, um, Hanukkah season, uh, Kwanzaa season. It's like, you're a black man in Mississippi, and how can you not be like a uh, uh, like a steward of the Kwanzaa tradition. <laughs> well, I, I just never got into it. You know, I was twin in my twenties when it popped up. Did you say you were in your twenties when it popped up? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in my twenties when I first Kwanzaa became a thing. And every year I make an effort. Every year I make an effort to look it up, figure out what it is, say I'm going to celebrate it, and then you know, Christmas is is what we what we know. So, uh, so Christmas for us actually isn't going to look all that different this year because um, I try to avoid. Uh, gatherings as if I can. <laughs> um, the, the good bonus is that all of the required Christmas parties are canceled. I was very pleased with that. So I don't have to go, um, you know, glad hand and hang out at, at Christmas parties. Uh, the one thing that's different this year, though, we're just kind of giving each other stuff as we buy it. <laughs> so like something comes with the mail from Amazon or we go pick something up and just hand it over. There's no, no wrapping or, you know, anything like that going on. So so literally, you've given all your Christmas presents already. Uh, mostly, except for, so the boys, I'm, I'm working on getting them bikes, which I started this process in September, and it's not easy. They're like just at the right size where you can't really find anything, and I want to get them a decent bike, so I'm going to the local bike shops, and um, they're, they're promising me they're going to get something before Christmas, but if not, I might just hand it over the money and let them do what they, <laughs> they want with it. When I was young, I just remembered this... Uh... You know, we used to pretend like we were buying a Christmas gift for our uh, our dad or something, so we could get Zippo lighters. So it would be it would be the way you could not get quote unquote carded as like a four year old or fourth grader, I should say, not four year old. I wasn't four, but like you know, you're like ten years old and you're you're going into like the the store and you want to get a Zippo lighter because you want to light everything on fire because that's like what ten year olds do. We used to have wars with like fire ants and things. And so, like, he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I want to. I really want to get the Zippo lighter for my dad." And then they would sell it to you. So that was the that was the real benefit of Christmas is that you could get 
things that you should not be buying, but you could be buying for your father, which who, who would never get it? That's pretty devious there, Julian. I'm impressed with that uh, about you. You know, I, it, it occurred to me though, like I haven't been skiing since I was very young, but I used to be like super into skiing and I really, I've got this urge to like go skiing again. And uh, I, I don't know, man, I, I need to go skiing. That, that's all I can say about it. I've always been afraid of skiing. I feel like I'm gonna break a leg or people say you should snowboard. I'm just not, I don't like being cold. <laughs> so this Mississippi climate is perfect for me for, for this time of year. And uh, and yeah, we don't, we don't see snow often, especially down here where we are right now, which is of course the the third coast, the Mississippi coast. You've been here long enough. It snowed one time, didn't it? So I grew up here, always, of course, wanting to white Christmas as a kid. And then it never happened, of course. So I moved to St. Louis for graduate school, knowing it's going to snow. And the first year I was there, it didn't snow in St. Louis, and it snowed here. And I was in St. Louis for, for the white Christmas that I didn't, still didn't get. It took another year of being in St. Louis to see a, a white Christmas. But, you know, as, as we continue this conversation and podcast, we'll talk about the worst and best because Mississippi is usually on the list of the worst things were first place, the best things were last place. But uh, what made you want to be back here and actually move back to Mississippi after, you know, escaping, so to speak? Well, that's, I never wanted to leave, honestly. I just had the best opportunity for grad school out of state, so I did that. But I always want to come back and help Alexi specifically be what it can be and realize its potential. It's always been a good place, a fun place. Um, of course, Katrina changed that significantly. We're just now kind of coming back and having our own identity again. But I really thought I could come back and, and dig in and be a part of what, uh, you know, we'll end up being at some point. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, if, you, if you're looking for a casino, I'll just I'll just do a plug for coastal Mississippi. I mean, you know, Delta's got its casinos on the river, but down here on coastal Mississippi, we can have real casinos on the land. We got casinos on the land. Everywhere you go, there's a casino. So come on down and gamble, lose your money, fund our museums, please. Yes, we will take all those tax dollars. Come down, come see us. So today we're going to we're going to build our ideal Christmas. No spoiler alerts. Santa's real. If you watched Home Alone, um, obviously not every mall Santa is Santa, but they all work for Santa. You know, everybody realizes the mall Santa's, the street corner Santa's ringing the bells. That's all the network uh, from the North Pole. Like, how do, how do you think he figured that the reindeer could fly? I mean, like that first Santa voyage, that must have been a trippy experience. So I'd imagine it was something like you go in, right? You, you, the only way to get around is in the sleigh with these deer. And, and at some point, they, they take off and he's surprised like what the hell is happening it's like fire right they're, they're <laughs> messing around next thing you know shit's on fire um oh boys up in the air just look at this shit it's gonna be easier now it's gonna be fine i feel like the challenge like if santa had been from mississippi which we don't know he wasn't but i don't think he was you know he, he would have killed all the deer first of all he would have been eating them and uh, i just wonder like how, how he figured like i'm gonna latch this sleigh to a deer I think what really happened, and again, this is like the Mississippian in me. I think like he probably had like a Ford Bronco. It was probably like my car, which is a 1990 white O.J. Simpson Ford Bronco custom. You know, beautiful, beautiful like O.J. Simpson Bronco, right? You know, the one that you kill somebody and you go flee in, in that car. That's the one you want. And I feel like he probably uh, had that car break down and he was just like tripping, you know. And he was like, I need some, some, some way to get around, some locomotion. And, you know, like, uh, he's not Walter Anderson. He can't just hop in his skiff and go out to Horn Island. Uh, Y'all tag that for research. But, um, but yeah, so he probably just, like, latched himself to a bunch of deer. And then uh, 
I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like Santa probably wasn't magic at first. I feel like he just like fell into it. You know, like his his wife probably told him to get out the house, and he probably like just figured out these deer can fly. I think it happened when um, Coca Cola featured him in the first ad. He he realized he was a big deal, and it just kind of took it from being a dude to being a magical dude with all this national power. And he started getting around however he wanted to. So let's 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 build our Christmas though. So like back back to it. Like we're we're gonna build a Christmas based on our own experience and uh and, and some Mississippi things will come into it. So I wanted to start, you know, by uh by basically going back to like the, the reason for Christmas. To you, what is the reason for Christmas? Toys. Toys. The reason for Christmas is for um me to get toys when I was a little kid. Well, let me ask you this. When you think of yourself as a young person, like how old do you say you were? Seven. Like, I, I always say I'm 10. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, like, when my first memory was, but I always just be like, I was learning to ride a bike. I was 10. I was learning to swim. I was 10. <laughs> I get it. I like that ex- approach, actually. I'd be like, when I was sucking a titty, I was 10. <laughs> I was 10 years old. <laughs> then the next day, I was buying Zippo lighters, lying about my dad. But, like, yeah, I mean, like, what was your first, uh, your first memory of, like, Christmas morning? My first real memory, um, and I thought I put some thought into this. I tried to remember, but waking up one year, I got this big, just huge abundance of Christmas presents, a bicycle, a guitar that I don't think I ever played, um, and just all these things. I remember waking up, and I swear I saw Santa Claus the night before. Well, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you. So you said you swear you saw Santa Claus. I want to hear about I swear I, I woke up that. middle of the night, saw Santa putting together shit, just, you know, build a bike, put the guitar in the right place under the tree. Um, and I went back to sleep, woke up the next morning, it was all there. So it was when I was seven years old, I remember specifically. And the cool part about it was like Santa would leave stuff that was unwrapped. Like that was in my household. I don't know if Santa wrapped things in yours. Unwrapped. Santa didn't wrap shit. He just dropped it off that night. Um, <laughs> and when I talk to parents and they're like, we got to wrap, like Santa doesn't wrap stuff. What are you talking about? It's weird to me. <laughs> so again, I want to preface this, but Santa is, 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 is completely real. Santa's totally real. But when did you hear the rumor that Santa was not real? I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I heard that Santa, the rumor that Santa wasn't real. I was coming back from Singing River Mall during the Christmas season with my mom and my aunt and my cousins. And my cousin, who is the same age as me, so we have another cousin that's much younger, um, let the bill spill the beans and, you know, all the ruckus that went with that. Because he's like four years younger than us. So if we were seven, he was like three or whatever it was. Um, so that, that I remember that very well. And I don't think I believed her, though. I knew better. I felt like I was on the bus. You know, everything happens on the bus. I mean, you either get, you either get your ass beat on the bus or you, uh, you know, you, you become like a hero on the bus or you just sit there and don't say anything on the bus. But I think someone told me like Santa wasn't real. And I was like, nah, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Santa's real because otherwise, how would he know exactly what I asked him for when my parents were sitting right there next to me when I was on Santa's lap? The problem was I had some older friends, right? So like I, I was probably in kindergarten, maybe first grade when I was I started to get suspicious. Um, do you remember getting suspicious of like Santa is maybe, and again, Santa is real, but maybe Santa's not wh- who you thought he was? Yeah, you know, when you're a kid, you're, you're getting coming to your own question, everything in the world. So, you know, it happens, but when you get older, you realize Santa's definitely real. So like we, we, we've talked about toys and uh, we got a couple of categories here, but I want to I go to like, what are we watching at Christmas time? Because we're building our ideal Christmas. 
And for me, I'll just go ahead and start it because Santa is a, a perfect segue coming down the Christmas tree. Um, actually, he doesn't come down the Christmas tree. He comes down the chimney and he, and he steals things from the Christmas tree because he's also the Grinch. But I love Gremlins for my Christmas movie. So if I'm watching anything at Christmas, I mean, people love to talk about Die Hard. Obviously, Die Hard is a wonderful Christmas movie. Home Alone is a wonderful Christmas movie. Um, we may talk about it. But to me, the iconic Christmas movie is Gremlins. Because in that movie, <laughs> the saddest damn part of it is that dude had his dad uh, die up in the chimney trying to be Santa. And again, Santa is real. But for some reason, this this kid's father wanted to to like take the role of Santa and go down the Christmas tree. I have no idea why. I think I that's what happens Santa. when you don't have faith in Santa. Stuff like that happens. If, if there's one moment I remember from it, it's when the old woman, gremlins, first of all, are, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, they have a long tradition of messing with machines. And the woman who's sitting on her, uh, her, uh, her staircase chair that like, takes her up the stairs, she gets flown out the window through the glass a lot of death and blood and destruction in Gremlins. Uh, that's, that's a zag there, Julian. The, the Gremlins as a favorite Christmas movie. I like it. Um, I don't think I've seen it in 15 years or more. So I could remember there's snow in it. I remember, I guess, the Mogwai was a Christmas gift, right? And then um, I know the small town in there is the same small town from uh, Teen Wolf, which I tried to watch with the kids recently. And PG-13 has changed over the years. Um, it, it's a little more risky <laughs> than I realized. <laughs> My problem is like I've got a six year old right, and uh, and I I love all these '90s movies, and so like my my whole dilemma is like how soon can I show the movies to a six year old? And like I, I try to rationalize it like when I was like when Jurassic Park came out in 1993, I was six years old, so I've showed him Jurassic Park right, and uh, I got I, I've showed him Ghostbusters, I, I, but I got dinged the other day for Men in Black. The wife was like. Men in Black is too scary. I mean, I, I just feel like we got to expose people to the world, man. The world is rough and tumble. You got you got to see. <laughs> through, through Men in Black, yes. <laughs> That's, yes, I, I get your argument there. Yeah, I, I run into that all the time, but I did watch Harlem Nights with them a couple weeks ago. I've just decided we're going all, we're going all the way in. So we watched Harlem Nights, um, and that, you know, that movie, it goes all the way. <laughs> so we're just there. Because I went on this kick, I want to make sure they watch all the Eddie Murphy movies. Um, so, you know, we started with like coming to America and life, which they loved. So, so that made me happy. But um, yeah, we're just we're just all in at this point at 12. One of my favorite Christmas movies, speaking of Eddie Murphy, Trading Places. Wonderful. I haven't watched that with the kids yet, too. So that's like gives me a perfect thing to do this week, maybe. Download Trading Places and uh, check that out. It's just so funny and not very Christmassy, but there's a Santa Claus in it and a Christmas party. So I'm going to call it a Christmas movie and we're going to watch it. So, so we got Gremlins and Trading Places, and I'll, I'll add a classic and a new one that I love. But my, my favorite go-to that I actually watch all year long is Christmas Vacation. That's just, and I think everybody loves that movie. It's, um, you know, obviously based on the craziness of family and how that can go wrong. Um, but I, I just love everything about it. But in the new one, which is a little bit embarrassing, <laughs> but I only saw it for the first time last year. I think it's probably 15 years old or 10 years old at this point, but Love Actually. I just, I just love that movie. I love um, the prime minister falling in love with the, with the chick, you know, the, everybody calling her heavy and all that fun stuff. But um, 
just everything about that with the kid chasing down the girl at the airport. Uh, every part of it is just wonderful. Uh, I love it. I'll, I'll probably actually will watch that tonight. <laughs> no, there, there's something about uh, like the end of the year. It, it, it just makes you want to cry. Like all the emotions that you've like built up, you know, things you thought were going to happen, they didn't pan out. Like you've been burying that stuff deep inside you. And you need to you need to release it around Christmas time, man. I feel like the new the, the new year that's the time to just cry it out. Um, I've never cried watching it, Juliet. I don't. <laughs> oh man, that's just me. Oh man, I just enjoy the story. <laughs> feel All good, right. you know, it's more of a feel good movie. I thought I, 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 you got some All stuff right, there. Right. I hear you. I hear I'm trying to cry, man. I'm 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 crying watching Die Hard, dude. I'm seeing Bruce Willis. He, he's walking on glass, man. Walking on glass. That's what I've been doing all year. I need to I need to let it loose quite the year I, and I am one to bottle up and explode um so I, I feel like I owe a few people some beers <laughs> here recently but uh we'll, we'll we'll work that out too so I, I do want to mention another movie I just was turned on to the other day and uh this is a lifetime movie called Christmas in Mississippi made in 2017 and it's uh, the whole story is is a girl named Holly returns to her hometown in Gulfport to help with a light show but has second thoughts when she sees Mike, her high school sweetheart, is organizing this beautiful light show. And uh, help from her mother, she falls in love with the town all over again. That is some magic to get you to fall in love with Gulfport. Oh my. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> and I, I'd like, I gotta have to watch this movie and figure out what's going on. Well, I will be honest, I did not watch it in its entirety. Um, I do love that Biloxi is firing shots at Gulfport because let, let's just let's just pause here and say you are the what president of Biloxi Main Street, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, so um, you by definition hate Ocean Springs, you hate Gulfport, you hate Long Beach, you hate Past Christian, Bay St. Louis, everybody. Um, that is how we operate. Yes, <laughs> nobody down here helps each other. We all are enemies. No, so one of the biggest mistakes maybe. I've made. Was when I moved back, I thought, you know, I'm a Biloxi where I can go work at Ocean Springs. I'll help bridge this gap. People will work together because I'll be there. They know me. They like me. I was dead wrong. They do not want to work together. And I was mistaken for, and foolish for thinking or trying something so bizarre. <laughs> if you don't understand Mississippi, do not watch this movie because it does not have anything to do with Mississippi. Although it does take place in Gulfport. I was trying to watch it and I was trying to like pick it apart. And one thing I noticed, so this movie was 2017. It's on Amazon if you want to watch it. It's also on Lifetime. I think it's airing pretty soon. And there was about as much mask wearing as there is right now. So it was very current in that way. Like there was uh, the 2017 version uh, versus the 2020 reality. Very similar amount of mask wearing for COVID, um, which I thought was really great. The producers and the directors and the writers really nailed it. Um, but then I also loved, like, so there was some there was some great characters, right? There was a guy who was named Mr. McGuire. He had no first name, but he happened to be Al from Home Improvement. And so we had these guys in it, right? So, like, he was uh, he was a guy, and he, he just... That's big time. He, he happened to say, even though he was living on the coast, that he had just harvested a new crop of sweet potatoes on the farm. In this movie, the Gulfport City, um, which I've no nothing against the Gulfport City, love Gulfport, but they were organizing Shakespeare in the park. So Jones Park was critical in, in, this, uh, in this movie. They have a wonderful light show in reality. But in this case, they were organizing Shakespeare in the park. And I just wonder, like, I don't know that any coast city is going to organize um, on their own some Shakespeare. That's a um, very unlikely uh, situation there for that movie to depict. But I do know this, 
my wife actually does get sweet potato deliveries from a Mississippi farmer, not weekly, but often from Vardom, Mississippi, best sweet potatoes of the world. And another a movie fact for you, there are two or three members of Blackwater Brass in that movie. They're like playing instruments in the park at some point. Um, I've never seen it, but I've seen pictures of them being filmed and I've seen pictures of them uh, in the movie. So the fact that at least they use local people, that, that's a good, uh, a good thing to tack on. All right, so we got our movies. What we eating? What you eating on Christmas? Man, look, eating wise, I struggle with this because obviously I'm eating. I'm eating like everything. I'm eating the candy canes. I'm eating all of Santa's cookies. I'm eating pretty much everything that's out there. But I did remember this strange phase I had as a young person, right? So at one time I asked. And again, I'm ten years old. That's that's my whole uh, childhood thing. So like every time I I look back, I'm ten. So I'm ten years old. And I asked my parents specifically and vociferously, I was like, you will put a block of feta cheese in my stocking. That was my deal. I was like, I love feta cheese. <laughs> I, I love green olives too. There was a time in my life where I said, I will only, I could survive on green olives. I still probably stand by that. But I said, you will give me a block of feta cheese. And, uh, and I would just say feta cheese it sounds good in theory, but it's not the best Christmas food. I mean, I did eat some of it, but they had to put it in the refrigerator. And, uh, and so it was not technically in my stocking. But yeah, that's what I'm eating for Christmas. I'm eating feta cheese just to go back to that 10-year-old self. Okay, I love that. We over here at the Chrissy household are eating gumbo and fried seafood. That's what we always would have at my grandparents' house. Um, the fried seafood's gone by the wayside for some reason as I've gotten older, but the gumbo is still very much a part of our Christmas uh, festivities. We'll go to my mom's on Christmas Eve, and he, all, all we will have to eat is, is uh, gumbo, potato salad, and dessert. Mm, what's the dessert? I don't know yet. We'll see. It'll probably be some form of a pie, pecan, or sweet potato. It's the usual go-to. Um, Lauren will likely make some sort of plant-based thing. And we'll bring all that with us. Let's shout out, Lauren. I mean, tell us about the... Because uh, people think of Mississippi, we're all eating uh, pork rinds and Slim Jims. But t tell us about what Lauren does. Uh, so Lauren owns a cafe called Making Groceries. And that's in the, in the uh, lobby area at the Oral O'Keefe Museum over here in Biloxi. But it's all plant-based. Um, everything from cauliflower, general cauliflower, um, tostadas and enchiladas with black beans and cheese and so it's not vegan but uh mostly vegetarian and it's delicious uh the cool thing i think about is she doesn't do the fake meat like if you go to austin there's like fake fried chicken and fake ribs and all this weird stuff so no way that's good for you <laughs> um so it's all vegetables all vegetables and it's all delicious i go there almost every thursday for that that general chicken special oh man yeah the the, the general sales cauliflower is is so on point and my yeah. favorite food is cauliflower oddly enough um, but I just grew up eating it all the damn time. So I guess it's stuck. Good job, Mimi and Tina, feeding me cauliflower all the time. I love it. Um, so her doing this is, is awesome because I get cauliflower in all kinds of interesting ways and tacos and, you know, in, in Asian dishes and all these different things. So it works out for me. All right. So so it's Christmas time. It's, it's either Christmas Eve or it's the night after you have opened all your presents. Um, Santa, like we said, super real. He came, he dropped things off. He dropped things off early in the case of Corey's uh, scenario. He, he bought them and dropped them right off. He didn't wait for the tree, et cetera, et cetera. But what are you listening to on Christmas? Like what music is, uh, is going on in your household? All right. So growing up, 
I think this is fairly odd, but I, I was certain the only Christmas music was the Temptations Christmas album. It's the only thing I ever heard, only thing my mom ever played. Went to my grandmother's house, they were playing it. Went to my aunt's house, they were playing it. Uh, so when I was older and heard even like a Nat King Cole song, I was like, what is this? Like, this is not Christmas music. <laughs> What's happening right now? Like, what, what are y'all doing? Um, so for years, and I'm talking until I'm probably 19, I thought that the Temptations Christmas album was the Christmas album. That's it. It's all that's ever been produced. But recently, <laughs> I realized that wasn't true. <laughs> and I listened to all kinds of stuff. So James Brown and the Kinks have an amazing Christmas song that I love. Um, so like rock and roll and funk Christmas and even some, some hip hop Christmas, that's what we're listening to over here. Run DMC had that awesome song. And you know, all, all I can ever remember is like, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens, mama's cooking chicken and collard greens. Oh yeah. <laughs> that took me back. And you know, you, you, you gotta like channel the music and that, that changes everything. Yeah, the music um, really brightens it up. It's, it's all about the music. Um, and there's a tune called No Weed for Christmas by Rolling in the Hay. If you're listening to this, go look it up. It's just funny and weird. And um, they're from Alabama, Mobile. So you, you should go listen to that. <laughs> I love right it. I've on. been listening to it for, you know, a while. Because I'm old. <laughs> I've been doing everything for a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to spring this last category on you, right? So he, here's something I thought of. You know, we're here in Mississippi. For anybody who doesn't know, I mean, God bless. I mean, you, if you're listening to this right now, you either are in Mississippi and know me and Corey or you, uh, you got some kind of weird dare where you had to like find a podcast that has not even been released yet and listen to it. So we trust that you know who we are. But Mississippi has churned out like the best of the best from every walk of life, whether we're talking about literature or you know acting, music, etc. So I want to I want to debut this category: um, Morgan Freeman versus James Earl Jones, right? And and the way we're going to do it is who would be the better Santa Claus? So, I mean, I, I, again, you've had, you've had no prep work, but if you could choose a Santa, would you rather have Morgan Freeman be your Santa Claus or James Earl Jones? I'm going to go for James Earl Jones. He's got the body type. He's got the white beard. Um, they both have the amazing voice, but I'm, I'm going with James on this one based solely on the body type. It's pretty solid. I didn't even think about the body type. I did think about Morgan Freeman because, you know, Morgan has played God before. But at the same time, man, James Earl Jones is Darth Vader. And so I feel like the truth is that Santa is a, an offender, man. He is breaking into people's houses left and right. He's also Akeem's father and coming to America. So he's got the means to make it happen. You know, he's got the, the finances that, that you would need. Yeah, I mean, really, the Death Star is probably where the elves are working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got the space, got the money. He's got everything you need. Yeah, I mean, it just clicked for me, man. The North Pole, that's like a metaphor. It's not like the North Pole where, you know, there's some ice on, a, on the Earth. It's more like the North Pole as in north of our eyes, as in the Death Star. Got it. <laughs> so we have even further proof that Santa is real. It's James Earl Jones. Like I've, I've tried this with my, my six-year-old, like you, you try to tell him to eat his, his uh, cauliflower to call back to Lauren's cauliflower and he won't eat it. And it's like, you know, if you were telling him Morgan Freeman, Santa Claus is watching, he'd be like, well, Morgan Freeman, Santa Claus is going to let me off the hook. But James Earl Jones, Santa Claus is going to chop off my hand. He's got to get you. Yeah. He's not messing around and you got to have the Krampus side, right? You can't just have, there is an evil side to, to Christmas and, and somebody's got to be overseeing that and that's Santa Claus, obviously. 
you know, there's a reason we're doing this first episode at the end of 2020. Uh, the reason is we decided to. But the other reason is that it's a rebirth, man. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about the birth of Jesus, which did not happen at Christmas time for anyone who wants to look it up. It happened because there was a Roman holiday, uh, Saturnalia, I believe, or... I don't think anyone knows like, when he was born. It's a mystery. Yeah, I mean, I think Everything probably, I looked up says like April or May or March or summertime. There's no definitive answer. Exactly. Yeah, he could have been born, you know, during hurricane season. He could have been born during not hurricane season, which are the two seasons that we celebrate here in coastal Mississippi. You got to mention one best thing about Christmas, though, being from this part of the world. It's the start of Mardi Gras season. And that is my favorite part of Christmas and the only time of the year that I'm devoutly Catholic. And I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. But um, that being said, Corey, thank you for joining us as the co-host of the Mississippi Thing and Mississippi and, uh, thing. And, uh, the Mississippi thing. Thing. Got it. <laughs> now at the end of the episode, we know the name of the podcast.